you guys ready? Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for the creative entrepreneur building a business for the long haul. Today, we're joined by Todd Walsley, owner of Clever Supply Co. based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Todd began his career in the creative world in 2010 as a wedding photographer. Six years in, he realized that it might not be the calling for him, so he took a year to reevaluate where his life was headed. By 2017, his newfound hobby of leatherworking became an obsession that drove him to eventually launch a very successful camera strap Kickstarter campaign in 2019, of which Stephen was the 17th backer. And as of May 2021, Todd and his wife Megan have taken Clever Supply as their full-time job. In his downtime, you can find Todd crushing miles on Strava, spending time with Megan and his two boys, and reposting photos of the hipsters who use his camera straps on their Leica M6. Is all of that correct, Todd? <laughs> well, Eric and Steven, I've listened to almost every one of these episodes, <laughs> and I think this is the first time that it's actually all correct. <laughs> <laughs> we did it! We did one that was right! Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really, yeah. We didn't uh, overemphasize anything. Nothing overemphasized at all. But we are sitting in your living room right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because we're in the middle of shooting a commercial for you. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is day, day two of the commercial and give them a little explanation of like your, your workspace and what that is and where we've been shooting and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're here at the house and, um, the wall that you cannot see is leads right to my garage and, uh, the garage is a single car garage. So it's a pretty small, modest space, but, um, it's where everything uh, for Clever Supply operates. So we uh, cut, stitch, and ship all the straps right from the garage. Amazing. That's incredible. If yeah. you if you see me on my phone, it's just my notes. Because if you're watching on YouTube, I'm not texting someone, I promise. Um, He's texting me. But <laughs> <laughs> what do we say next? Stephen, ask the next, next question. <laughs> Todd, you just mentioned the fact that you work out of your garage and make all of these camera straps by hand and ship them all from where you live and that's incredible it's it's amazing to eric and i both that you're making a physical product and doing all of this so mm -hmm. on your own like and by that i mean you and your wife megan um but it's so so cool that you're you're up to that and just making it work with like a physical product which i feel like is a lot harder for you know, the traditional solo entrepreneur working at home. I think it's often very like digital, it's photography, it's filmmaking, but you guys are tackling physical products head on and that's really admirable, honestly. I'm very curious to, to hear, because you're a photographer yourself, you started making camera straps. Were you doing that to, to meet a need in an industry that you were kind of seeing a, a hole in or, or what like inspired camera straps? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, Really, I, I kind of had a background in wedding photography, as uh, you all mentioned earlier. And um, all throughout that journey, I, I kind of just noticed that I never really, I kind of got to a point where I was burnt out. I'll, I'll say that first. And, and being burnt out, um, I would look at my camera as I was walking out the door. And just, I was a photographer in the family, kind of expected to bring the camera to family events. And I just look at it and just like, nah, I don't want to. And um, I did get a camera strap actually from my sister um, that she bought me once as a gift and I loved it. It was a leather camera strap, really thin, 
and um, Maru, the circle brand. Um, I think they have changed brands, but uh, it was shout out to them. But uh, when I put it on my camera, um, I just immediately just loved the fact that I had something more unique, more personalized on my camera. And it just kind of made me want to carry my camera yeah. more. Um, just just kind of having something a little more special. So when I started developing, um, I, I started out as a leather worker that was making bags and camera, uh, not, sorry, not camera stuff, but bags that were like just totes or wallets, um, just a variety of accessories, um, like a lot of leather workers that you might see on the internet. Um, and I just decided that I wanted to try to make a camera strap for myself, something that I would enjoy. And um, a lot of leather goods don't feel great or comfortable right mm -hmm. out of the gate. Um, they feel a little tough, you kinda gotta break them in. And so I wanted to find something that felt comfortable that I enjoyed mm -hmm. using. And so kinda long-winded answer there, but that was kind of the uh, the overall kind of motivation was something that I enjoyed that I was inspired helped inspire me mm -hmm. to shoot, but also um, felt comfortable. Um, I came from the wedding industry, so I knew what it felt like to wear a camera all mm -hmm. day. Wanted something that felt good that I could wear all day. Um, and so coming up with something that I felt, it was really solving a need for myself was probably the one sentence answer. I, could <laughs> I love that. And you, you mentioned comfort kind of right out of the gate. Is that because mm -hmm. of design, because of materials? Like what, what was your process in kind of finding that balance of form and function? Yeah, I mean, you all shoot weddings, you know, and a lot of these people listening online um, are wedding photographers. So weddings is a grind, right? So it's like, it comes down to the shoes you're wearing, um, the clothes you're wearing, everything that you choose to wear affects potentially affects whether your body feels like crap at the end of the day mm -hmm. or not, whether you've been doing squats leading up to <laughs> wedding season mm -hmm. or not, um, really impacts how you feel. <laughs> and so um, something really, you know, comfortable around my neck was really key because it's just, I'm, it's just on me all day, you know, and you got the heavier lenses and stuff like that. It just starts to bear down. And so um, comfort was super important to me right out of the gate just because, um, because of that factor. Yeah, I wanted it to, uh, feel good all yeah. day and to enjoy that. Steven's so excited about the idea of us making physical products. So he's just really yeah. excited to talk to you today. And I am as well, but yeah. Steven's like extra super excited. Yes. <laughs> what do you, what do like you have in mind? About. What do you have in mind? Are we even allowed to sneak Are peek you? it? I yeah, mean, just, like, just even just abstract. I think we can talk you, about it. Yeah. I mean, it's all going to be sure. fairly. We have talked about it. We have. We've, we've mentioned it, I think, on an extra innings episode, but we can talk about it more publicly now because once we're in Chicago, it's going to be like off to yep. the races with all that stuff. Um, but right. yeah, we, we're more so looking just to make merch for rally caps. So it's less of uh, awesome. uh, original invention, more so right. kind of like figuring out what places we want to source from in order to make a really good end product that kind of reflects the yeah. the rally caps vibe if you will or kind of like our yeah. overall yeah. aesthetic that like vintage baseball kind of kind of feeling it's, that's awesome but it's different than a lot of other clothing brands or physical product brands because a lot of physical product brands launch a product and then do their marketing and we've done our marketing mm -hmm. first and then we're going to launch a product and we don't know yeah. if it's just we don't want a product that we produce to be just like only if you listen to the podcast, but something sure. that could be widely applicable to 
anybody and yeah. everybody. Yeah. And it's like, it's awesome that it's part of the podcast, but it could but, go way outside of that as totally. well. Yeah. But then it, the podcast becomes all meta because then we talk about our small business that's actually like a business completely separated from our podcast. Yeah, like an actual sure. business. And the more people that. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yep. So like, thanks for giving us a mentor session today. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's, that's why we're exciting. doing this in the first yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. Psych. Love it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, happy to. So with yes. that, happy to help. what challenges do you face? Uh, but, but seriously, uh, what, what challenges do you face? Cause I, I was even looking at your reviews when you were showing me today, like seeing reviews from Canada and China and like all over the world. Yeah. What kind of challenges do you face in the shipping process and dealing with people like all around the world? Yeah. I mean, we're not just talking homegrown, like right. you're, you're shipping everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So I would say probably like 20 to 30% of our sales are international, really? which is wow. awesome. Um, a lot of Canada, um, Canada loves their leather goods. <laughs> Shout out Canada. Nice. Um, but I mean, yeah, Europe, Asia, um, you name it. Like um, it's, I, I would love to do like a figure of like where, like every country that I have a strap that I've shipped a strap yeah, to cool. at some time. Um, the challenging thing, so I, my, my products are pretty lightweight, you know, they're, I can pretty much most, if you buy just one strap, it's like four ounces, you know, in a mailer and that works out really well because it's, you know, $3 to ship three, three fifty to ship in the United States, pretty much $10 to ship to Canada. Um, and I can pretty much ship anywhere USPS, um, for $15, uh, all these things so that's yeah. great but there's a challenge there um, because there's USPS doesn't really have great like tracking or mm. um, just much to follow the product mm -hmm. journey uh, as it ships once it leaves borders and so um, that cheap price tag comes with a cost because the the, <laughs> the, the estimated time arrival to somewhere like we'll just say um, middle of Europe um, like, cause the UK is not too bad, but middle of Europe, it could be quoted at seven to 21 days, which is cool. just like that's a huge, that's range. a wide range. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get people and it's like business days too, mind mm. you. So, oh. you know, tack on a few extra days. So I'll get customers reaching out to me after two weeks and you're like, it shipped, it says it was, you know, made it to Austria and it hasn't left Austria for like five days, but that's just, there's <laughs> not really sorry. tracking. It's just like information that you get like very mm -hmm. limited. And so, Shipping barriers is pretty much what I'm getting at um, because then to go to UPS, it could cost me like anywhere from like $80 to ship to Australia for a four ounce strap oh my gosh. to, you know, $30 in the United States if people want it like in like a day or two. Um, and so there's just like a range there. And so people will pay that too. I've got some customers yeah, that really um, want the product enough to, they will just go ahead and pay for UPS and pay an extra $40, $50 on top of a camera strap that's averaging $100 or more. Um, and so that's that's an honor when I see those come through, but that's, that's definitely one of the biggest challenges is just shipping internationally and just kind of figuring out, streamlining that as well as like, how do you manage it when it doesn't go well or go right? Um, but yeah, that's one of the challenges. I mean, so how are you charging for shipping? You're just doing a flat rate on every order. And then if they want expedited or somewhere crazy, you have to uniquely add the shipping cost? Yeah, so I use, back up just a little bit, I'll say I use Shopify for my mm -hmm. store. So that's just like a good one to look into. It's obviously one of the bigger 
platforms to open up a store. And there's a couple of different ways you can set up a flat rate. So I do have a flat rate for the United States and that's just a $5 flat rate. Um, so that usually gets the shipping cost down, but then there's costs of shipping and handling. You know, you got the materials of the mailers and those add up and you know, the packaging and stuff right. like that. So the $5 covers that. Um, and then um, pretty much what I do is I dial in with the carriers to pretty much um, calculate the shipping based on the address. So gotcha. there's that technology in there where they plug in their address for shipping and then USPS, UPS um, will calculate the shipping options and they can choose which one they want. Okay, okay. Yeah. all in your store online. All in wow. the store. And you, you guys so pack all of that by hand too. Like you're the ones from start to finish, you're making it, you're packing it, you're bringing it to the post office and then getting it out to the world. Yes, exactly how you described it. Yeah, Amazing. Um, on the topic of shipping on the whole, also, there's the reverse side of it, too, where you're ordering, you know, products or not products, but the, the actual materials and raw materials to make those things and yeah. the equipment to make those things, too. And I know that you recently right. actually had a bit of a, a struggle with getting, I think I'm going to butcher the name, but it was like a hydraulic press or some kind of. You pretty much okay. got it. Yeah, it's a clicker Click, press. Clicker press. Um, that's it. Um, yeah, it's a hydraulic clicker yeah. press. What was what was that like? Just kind of dealing with such <laughs> a. I mean, e even just looking at the Instagram stories that you posted about it, I was like, man, that looks like the biggest yeah. headache in the world. I kept it tame. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're here because I've like already heard all the stories the past like 24 hours. Yeah. So it was a nightmare. Yep. Um, so a little bit of context. Just we we went full time in um, like the end of May, and I just had like a month leading up. I ordered this machine in March, so I'm going to throw out like a lot of the little mm -hmm. timelines here, just to kind of pit the picture. Ordered this machine in March. It came from China by ship, then by rail from California to Chicago, and then from Chicago uh, to me, and it wow. probably so at least two wow. trucks. Yeah, <laughs> at least two trucks. Um, and when it arrived, um, we could probably share pictures at some point if people want to see it arrived totally mutilated. It's the machine is like the weight of a refrigerator. It's like 800 pounds. Jeez, so you can't lift it with like, you have to at least have three people to even move it. You were going to put that in the garage. Yeah. It's going to be in the garage. That thing is eight with the pallet pounds. jack and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's really heavy. What's the square footage on it though? Like, what um, the footprint? it's. It's about 30 inches wide, um, probably 20 inches deep. So it'll okay. fit in that spot. But it yeah, is so pounds. dense. It's just solid that's metal. That's insane. Solid like metal. That's it's like ridiculous. Oh, that's about the size of a fridge footprint. Yeah, yeah. but just not as tall, pretty much. Okay. I'll be able to stand at it um, like, uh, like a standing desk, pretty much. Um, and so anyways, it arrived June 30th. So March, I ordered it. June 30th, it arrived completely I lo we open up the truck and it's just like fallen over on the side of the truck and I we get like a couple neighbors to help with me with the truck driver like lift it back up and broken cables like this thing is like solid like cast iron pretty much and the cast iron was just all mutilated and stuff like that and and the driver just looked at me he's like I saw this on the dock and I almost didn't bring it to you. It's like, this is what it looked like when I when I got oh. it today. And I was like, okay. Couldn't have made a phone and call. I was like, he's like, you probably want to reject it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to reject it. <laughs> you and probably so, want to reject it. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we reject it. 
Um, and I'm going to try to keep this story somewhat streamlined, but essentially interface communicate with the supplier in China and they want to just send me some parts to fix it, which is not great. <laughs> um, I just, you know, the, the biggest thing is like really for that is like one day I'll probably want to resell it. And like the resale value just totally tanks if yeah. it just looks like a piece right. of garbage from the get go. Um, and so I ended up um, applying for a refund through the service that I purchased it through and that didn't work out because they determined the carrier was responsible, but there's multiple carriers involved here. So who's, who's which carrier is it? So there's a claim filed, that's, the, that's where we're at now. There's a claim filed for the damage report and the latest I have is it can take three to six months and that was within like the last week. Um, I am going to shout out to someone though, because a friend of mine who's not even on social media, um, the best man in my wedding, um, Robbie, he, uh, he's followed my story all along ever since we started like, uh, this is a hobby and just, you know, he heard about the developments of how it was growing and just where it was taking off. I see him every year in Florida when we go to visit and, um, he decided that he wanted to pony up and like just pay for the next machine for me to wow. get one here in the US that I can have, it's gonna be here next wow. week. Um, and it will be delivered uh, next week, but he fronted me the money and just believes in what we're doing. And that was just like a huge uh, unexpected answer to prayer, we'll say, um, because the, the last thing I'll say on this and I'll kind of take a breath is um, we had some wholesale orders. We had just started a wholesale account. We had a wholesale order that was pending on this machine arriving. So I'd kind of been delaying it with this guy and saying, hey, we're, it's expected here. I've waited so long for this. As Soon as it comes, we're hitting the ground running with your order. Um, and so to open that door and see it mutilated, um, it was a pretty big order too. And so luckily we were able to um, borrow some time on a local mm -hmm. machine and that helped us get through the wholesale order. So at the end of the day, we're good, you know, but it was definitely a hardship and something that we, uh, we kind of just had to take one step at a time and figure out how to navigate and hopefully we'll get our money back one day for the for sure. yeah. machine. Oh my goodness, <laughs> hopefully in 2021. That it, maybe that's yeah, yeah. that's we'll insane, man. Oh but, my goodness. Um, but yeah, and thankfully we're in a position where the machinery and the equipment we have now, like ninety percent of how we've built the business has been built on what we have mm -hmm. currently. Yeah. And so, thankfully, the core of our business is fine. fine. We were just starting to introduce some new products, some bigger yeah. products so that meant a bigger table size to click and stuff and better efficiency as Welcome we Welcome to a new chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so how much equity does Robbie have now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like a Shark Tank yeah. episode? <laughs> Can be, if you want to match it. <laughs> oh, I'm Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, it's me, Shark Cuban. Oh. I'm here to invest in your company. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, um, okay, you did just mention yeah new products and some bigger products and stuff though. Are, are there any maybe yeah. new products that you haven't announced yet or that are in development yeah. that you could give us a little, yeah. little teaser on? Happy to share. Oh. Yeah, totally. So um, the, if you look at my, if as of the time of we're you know, recording this episode, if you look at my website now, it's all camera straps. So we are a business that is for the photographer. We make leather goods that um, help you with your photography. Um, so it's camera straps and um, lots of different styles. And 
as I've been thinking about how we grow and how we expand, you know, we want to always serve the photographer. That is what I want our core business to always identify with. And, um, but how do we introduce more products? Like we don't want to have just like a million camera straps. We already have quite a few mm-hmm. options. And so when you think about a shoot, what is it that you do, Steven, when you um, are done with your shoot um, and you get home? What t- Can you just tell me quickly what the first is thing I do, do is back up my photos. Back up your photos. So you're sitting at your desk, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to introduce some products that are not revolutionary. Other people are doing these, but they're going to be for okay. your desk. And the idea is like the photographer. So far, the business has been about honoring the work that you're doing out on the okay. field. So then how, like, since you're spending so much time at your desk, how do we honor that space there that you have by helping you just enjoy being there? So desk pads, leather desk pads, mouse pads. We already have some coasters. Um, I want to introduce a couple other products that are, we do not make as well. And so um, Ugmunk is a brand that I've admired and looked up to for years. Um, Jeff at Ugmunk and I've kind of started to get to know him and I would like to carry some of his stuff. He has a really great desk organizer product. Um, He also has um, a note taking kind of like app uh, or not app, sorry. Um, Take it from an app and actually move it to analog. It says what's called analog, but it's Hmm. taking notes and tracking your to do's and he developed a beautiful system that sits on your desk for that. And so we're kind of just starting to think more about the space that photographers inhabit when they're not yeah. on the field and how do we kind of serve that in little ways. Um, but then at the end of the day, you'll look at it and be like, well, the person that does isn't a photographer that works in an office, they could also have those products mm-hmm. and enjoy mm-hmm. them too. And that's kind of the idea. It's so like, we want to be able to expose our brand to people that aren't photographers while still trying to keep a core focus on in philosophy the artists yeah i love that yeah it's just it's really cool to see in uh, in plenty of ways how you could expand your business and it's it's just at the point you're at now with being full-time and jumping in full-time in may yeah. you just kind of have the option now it's like do we want to just keep this kind of homegrown do we want to keep it simple or do you see expanding into something much bigger you're, yeah. you're talking about a business that could literally be doing millions in sales yeah. eventually and yeah. having a couple dozen employees and um, so what are your thoughts on it huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry I'm being so no i mean just kind of the questions like what are my thoughts on like scaling and just kind of growing yeah yeah so um the way I've looked at it, I, I kind of got this question by my grandma. So, <laughs> thanks, grandma. No, I literally saw her a couple weeks YouTube ago. She grandma. asked me, "So, like, what's next? Like, what's your plan? And like, what's your like five year goal kind of thing?" And like, nice. that's a great she's grandma. asking me these questions because she is genuinely inquisitive. That's what one thing I love about her so much. Mm. But super inquisitive, super just in- interested. But I just told her I was like right now I kind of have a six month plan (laughs) and that is kind of some of the stuff I just told you introducing some more products there's another camera strap I want to launch maybe a camera bag in 2021 Um, but right now it's been about up until this point my life was working a full-time job um, having the family routine in the evenings and then doing the clever work um, after the kids were in bed. So like eight o'clock to like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. And it got to a point where it was just like, this isn't happening, we yeah. can't do this anymore. I mean, I was working like weekends and stuff. And um, so now that I'm full time, 
I I haven't really had enough time to really feel what that's like to fully scale just with my capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've been on summer break and so Megan's been less available. So it's really just been me. Mm-hmm. And then once school starts, Megan's gonna be much more available. And so the two of us will then be able to work. And so it's just kind of, I think it's just the next six months is like finding our rhythm. Where are we able to scale? Are we able to ramp up? Are we able to take on larger wholesale orders? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe custom work for, you know, like Fujifilm, shout out, you know, if you want <laughs> some custom stuff. Um, but like, yeah, like, you know, if we got an order though for like a hundred straps, like would we be able to handle that between the two of us? Um, and just starting to feel what that's like, because when I was working three hours a day um, at my old job, no, I, I just, we would have just cried <laughs> uh, because our order volume was already hard enough to keep up with and then taking on bigger volume. So. To answer your question, we definitely want to scale. I would, I think maybe 2021 might be the year where we bring on another part-time employee, apart from Megan being um, my partner, and um, just kind of seeing what that looks like and yeah. starting to introduce someone else into the process and defining where we can give them more work to do. And then it's so interesting to see uh, you entertaining that idea while I have embarked kind of on that journey in the creative field sure. because. I've struggled for a while to like find people to fit those roles in the creative world because it's kind of just kind of so abstract and artistic. Um, shout out Braxton, he's sitting over shout there. Shout out Braxton. Um, <laughs> but it almost feels like in a tactile, physical space, the training process might be a lot more rhythmic and easy to like do that, not discrediting the quality or the artistic right. um, nature of your product, but yeah, it's almost like that doesn't, to me, that doesn't feel as intimidating as trying to find someone creatively. Yeah. 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 I think there's just like a lot with what we do. I mean, it's like we can sit down with someone. We have a mutual friend, um, Jenna, Austin, Jenna, and Jenna, we've, we've had her help with some mm. stitching. And mm-hmm. that's just like one example. I mean, stitching takes such a large percentage of our mm-hmm. time um, because we hand stitch everything. And um, that's just one thing that isn't super complicated. There is a method, there's a technique that we follow and that we, you know, a process, but um, it takes a couple run-throughs to get that For right sure. and f- coach someone through it. And then, um, so that would just buy us a lot of time to kind of just even help have someone help us with stitching. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think it, there's is ways to break it down with what I'm doing yeah. to take simple things that do take time that have to be done repetitively um, and then pass that on to someone. But then you have quality insurance and assurance and having to figure out that you have to trust that person eventually because yeah. you don't want to have to have eyes on it all of the time. Yeah. Just trust that, you know, the orders are going out and that yep. it's up to your standard of quality. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, yeah. Not having some like creed from the office doing quality assurance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I was cooking that one in my head for a while. Um, so you were just waiting to get. To are you hydraulic? Yeah. A lot of that one in your head, or oh, okay, yeah. I'm the dad here. Wow. Um, wow. Something people might overlook or might not know about Clever Supply is, and honestly, like such a genius business move that you did was integrating Peak Design into your mm. leather straps. Yeah. So Peak Design already being a quick release system that so many people have the little red circle tags that you see on people's cameras you started stitching those into leather straps can you tell us how and why you decided to do that and your relationship with peak yeah and how like 
they feel about it or yeah. if there was any like bad blood there because yeah. of competition or whatever. For sure. Yeah, so um, when I started to develop a, the, the product that I wanted for myself, um, I was inspired by Peak Design from the very beginning. I thought they just nail it with the innovation. They're like the apple of the photography mm -hmm. world. They're just, wow. you know, the tripod was one of their more recent ones. Mm -hmm. And just and like everybody that uses it just loves it. Mm -hmm. um, so the innovation was just really impressive. And I was inspired by the quick release and I had um, developed my own. Um, had these little leather tags. Steven, you have one. Um, you got an OG. <laughs> I love it, man. And, um, and I was really proud of it and you saw it, it works, you know, uh -huh. you clip it on, clip it off. Um, the only downside is I didn't have the R&D to develop something that wasn't like metal. So I had to use like hardware that was existing in the market. Most clips, things that you clip and latch are metal. Um, photographers and metal usually, you know, just typically very like anxiety inducing, you know, <laughs> scratching your Leica and stuff like that. And so um, I had a pretty good way of trying to avoid that and I felt good about it. But when I launched the Kickstarter, I started just, you know, grassroots, just dropping the Kickstarter link and trying to share the story on, you know, different photography forums. And I got a lot of really interesting thoughts and feedback. And time and time again, I was just starting to hear, hey, have you thought about like including Peak Designs like stuff? And I said, well, in my head, I'm like, the first couple of times I'm like, well, yeah, this is meant to be like an alternative. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like my first initial thought in my mind. But after seeing it multiple times, definitely a good handful of times I saw this um, in just different forums, um, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to like give this a shot and try it. And so I will say this, you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was necessarily the first one to attach a peak design clip to, um, you know, to a leather strap. But I I realized in that Kickstarter that there was an opportunity here just to see, like, listen to the market, see if these people that are asking are either, are these isolated or is there like something here? So I, within the, I think the second week of launching the Kickstarter, I announced um, an upgrade option, a reward upgrade option, where we would include um, the Peak Design hardware instead. So the goal there was to attract then people that were already bought into the ecosystem and maybe that would draw more people in. Um, you know, lots of people, that Peak Design, if you know anything about them, they've built their whole business on Kickstarter. So I knew the Peak Design audience was there and close. It's just that they saw it and the right, you know, the stars aligned. I was hoping that maybe, you know, things would really work out well. And so, Immediately after launching that update, just it was an update that I shared with the backers um, and on the public page, it was like 20 or 30% of the customers just converted immediately. Boom. And I was like, okay, whoa. And, you know, to be fair, if, you know, anybody's out there wants to do due diligence and wants to look up, my, my Kickstarter at the time was not massive. I think we ended up fulfilling 70 or 80 orders. Um, some, of, some of them were, um, multiple straps, some of them were single straps. So we're not talking about massive scale peak design who does like millions of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fulfillments and stuff like that. But for me, that was just enough validation because I was mm -hmm. still so small that it was like, I was just trying to get a sale a day at that time. Like, you know what I mean? And so that was just like the goal was like, if I can get a sale a day, that's amazing. Um, so the Kickstarter, that, that insight was just huge. And so, 
Fast forward after the Kickstarter was fulfilled, um, this was towards the end of the year. I just knew by the end of that year, um, that start of the new year, this was 2020, I was just gonna shift it all over to peak design and just sunset my my design that I still stand behind and super proud of. But the other flip side of the coin was their hardware was already ready to go and stitch. Mm-hmm. And I was manually producing each little tether um, and each strap came with four. And that was just like extra time, extra labor. Um, the money also, like the hardware wasn't necessarily cheap to actually manufacture those myself. Right. So yeah. Nice. And so as you've been spreading more awareness and getting these straps into the hands of more photographers, we've noticed some really high profile people using them, including actually the first guest on Rally Caps ever, Ben Cheish, a, a good Schultz? friend of all of ours. Oh. Um, ben Cheish. Ben oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, and then I've also even noticed like Peter McKinnon's editor, uh, Kirk Lucas, was was posting about it too. And I've seen some just really impressive people mm-hmm. using these straps and really loving them too. And just admiring the build quality and the integration with the peak yeah. hardware and all of this stuff. Are you actively seeking out ambassadors? Do you just try to get people get the product in people's hands to use it and test it out? Like what's the process with spreading the word amongst like other photographers? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so definitely some awesome photographers that use our stuff and we're super grateful to just have people that in general just love our stuff. And um, we, so really where I tapped into, this is just kind of an interesting story of just like me discovering influencer marketing in a way that worked. Um, First of all, if you think of the photography community, we're very referral based community, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like photographers are listening here. They're hearing stuff about other photographers. They're watching gear reviews from Benj. Shout Mm -hmm. out Benj, you the man. Um, And you know, they're, they're looking for that next thing. They're looking for advice from, you know, the people that they look up to in the industry. And what I found, a, a Fuji X shooter found my work while I launched the Kickstarter, but he reached out to me directly, asked if we could get him one quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jan Gonzalez, he's an amazing photographer, check him out. But um, he started sharing about it. Um, and it was just like, I was starting to get hit up by people in the Philippines, this is where he's okay. from. And I was like, oh my gosh, Dang. like people all of a sudden are like, either checking out my stuff because I can see when, where the traffic's coming from mm-hmm. or they're purchasing. I was like sending stuff to the Philippines all of a sudden. I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, Benj has been another great, um, just like friend of the brand and like super awesome and just like repping our stuff. And um, really what we found was we planted ourselves, like the product that we're making plants really well within that referral-based mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. because we're already as photographers very receptive to getting advice yeah. on what's the gear, People what's talk the about presets it. Yeah. to use or whatever that is, what's the, the techniques. Um, and so having other photographers that really love our products, that care to share about them genuinely and just like talk about them has just proven to be uh, incredible for us. And so we do have a couple affiliate partners. Um, that was something that we started in October. I'm gonna like, I realize I'm kind of like in a catch 22 here. Like I'm not actively seeking it, but if it's something, you know, if you're a listener and you're like super interested and you would like to talk about it, I would love to like um, hear from you. So, but um, not something that we're 
actively seeing like every customer like we want you know do you want to be an affiliate or anything like that it's not like that type of uh scale of trying to grow it but so you're saying i should reach out to you after we're done recording and we'll talk about it later just just (laughs) rally strap (laughs) rally strap oh maybe maybe a rally caps camera strap Ooh. That's interesting. Rally straps is so good. Interesting. <laughs> Rally straps. <laughs> yeah, That's I love awesome. It. Uh, well, I'm actually curious just because, uh, Todd, you mentioned earlier that you're a, a longtime listener of the show. So you obviously know the struggles that we've uh, gone through naming the show. Uh, and names obviously <laughs> mean a lot to us. We're very particular about them. And we're curious where. Slow burn, right? Was there rest, slow burn. rest in peace, slow burn. Uh, we're, we're curious where Clever Supply came from. What was the inspiration behind the name there? Yeah. Oh, man. I haven't told this story in a while. This is good. Um, so it's it has a lot of meaning, but it's really cheesy, too. So I'll just set it up like that. Um, so Great. my name is Todd. And um, the meaning like of my name is wise or clever like the fox. Okay. So... Um, okay. If you look at the logo, this. you'll see that there's a fox. Okay. Um, and so it it's like when you start to put it together, like, am I just saying it's like Todd Supply Co? But, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that's just something that I've always loved the fox because where my, my name kind of has that connection that's with the fox cool. and clever like the fox. And so... Um, it's not cheesy at all. Yeah. And so that's where we kind of built the brand um, name off of and worked with an awesome designer, Tyler Deeb, uh, to develop the logo and just wanted something really minimal and simple. And so, but that's the name of it. Yeah, it's clever like the fox um, and comes from my name. I love it. I've been curious about that for uh, years since the moment I backed the Kickstarter. So I've I'm, that's actually a great answer. Yeah. I'm so happy to know that now. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, I meant to I was too uh, infatuated with the rally strap idea <laughs> that I forgot to talk about like what we were doing here with yeah. like me coming on as an affiliate for the brand. I've yep. been able to use um, this, the Peak Design Integrated Strap for, I don't know, it's been four or five months now. Right, yeah. And absolutely love it. Carry it on my Leica now. I'm gonna snag one for the Hassi to bring back as well. Yeah. And um, we're currently shooting this commercial which we're really pumped about yeah, so pumped. and we we came up with the script and refined it and it was just really cool to hear more about your story and um yeah it's also just really cool to hear the the name and in, integrated into that and it's you're it's very clear that you're someone who thinks deeply about the philosophy yeah. and the things that really matter about yeah. a business as opposed to just um, shallow superficial things mm. yeah. so just wanted to mention that that I really I appreciate, appreciate that. that about your about your brand and um, obviously we're gonna have all of this stuff linked in the description if you're interested in checking out clever supply um, mm. but yeah before I get too sappy and we start crying like a couple of sappy dads um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and kick off some batting practice all right are you ready for it let's go is this the you this know the, you know what it is right? i know it's that yeah okay this is the for those who don't know what um <laughs> batting practice is this is where i fire off questions and todd is supposed to answer them as fast as he can and if he doesn't i'm going to move on to the next question and shame him for not answering <laughs> the previous okay here you ready <laughs> let's do this full okay. send you ready i'm ready or fast okay uh favorite running shoe brand nike how old is the hvac in your home <laughs> like three years jeff bezos or elon musk Elon Musk. Why? 
because he has electric cars. <laughs> is pineapple okay on pizza? Yes. Oh, dream destination for glamping. Um, Hurry. Hawaii? Hawaii? Oh, if you could have a sixth sense, what would it be? Uh, that was really hard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How often are you hydrated? Oh, probably not as much as I should be. <laughs> are you going to run a marathon? I will probably run a marathon before I die. So you're a dad strider. I am a dad strider. And do you need a pacer for your marathon? <laughs> I would love you to be my pacer for a I marathon. Did, okay. Did I answer the next question? <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is my sneaky way of turning into your running coach. this, baby. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> dad strides sponsor. <laughs> Shout out dad strides. <laughs> Todd, well done. You, I think you batted yeah. 10 for 10 or however many questions there actually were. Yeah, it was pretty well good. Well done, man. It was close. Yeah, 9 for 10. The, the 10. Sixth Sense one was That's really true. hard. It was hard. For yeah. some reason... The correct answer is seeing dead people. <laughs> that is... Uh, I don't know why, but when you said Sixth Sense, I was like, oh, flying for sure. And I was like, wait, what? I, I went to like Invisibility. Yeah, I, I, I started like... I started thinking superpowers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a softball would have been a superpower. Sixth Sense was the hard ball. <laughs> Oh man. So to Todd, to kind of wrap things up, we want to start asking our guests the, the same question at the end of every episode. And we want to kind of lean mm -hmm. into our name a little bit and the spirit of the show. So on that note, looking back on your career, spanning back to 2010, even when you were starting as a wedding photographer, could you share with us mm -hmm. one rally cap moment where you or your business faced a challenge or just kind of like an adverse circumstance that was especially difficult and that you really required you to muscle through it and double down and just kind of get through it, like throw your rally cap on and, mm. and just do it. That's good. Um, I think honestly the Kickstarter, you know, I didn't really say much about the Kickstarter being a challenge, but that was my first time doing anything at any type of scale. Mm. And it was one of those things where I, I recognized that there was a lot of work that was going to need to be done. Um, there was going to be some sacrificing of some time, which I take very seriously when that's on the table in regards to it, the people being sacrificed, kind of like my family or people that I spend time with. And so that was one of those things where um, just, I think the rally, you know, what I put on in regards to um, like the cap was, you know, endurance, perseverance, just like seeing it through one step at a time. And, um, dealing with that, recognizing that there's stress and there's some anxiety maybe about like fulfilling all the orders and pleasing everyone and just making it all come together. Um, but recognizing that like, you know, you, you complete the journey by putting one foot in front of the other. And so um, in time, you know, that, that same kind of analogy could have been used with the machine that we yeah. just issue that we yeah. ran into. You know, um, I trusted in the journey and in the process that this was gonna work out um, with the machine. And I had no idea that that happy ending was gonna be my friend fronting some money, yes. but we you know, were going on vacation right after it kind of happened and it was just like really swirling around. And um, that's just my biggest thing is just taking you know those big things in life and trying to break them down. Um, whether that's a complex thing that you're solving or just a challenge that you don't know how to solve and just kind of putting one foot in front of the other until you kind of uh, just keep moving forward um, till you figure it out. Boom. Phenomenal answer. Done. I love it. Yep. I think there's something that's so noticeable about the machine situation is that you have a community of people around you, even mm -hmm. talking about your neighbors coming to help you. Like, yeah. 
carry the broken thing and yeah put it upright to see if it was broken yep you know uh that's that's a testament to and 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 outside of that as well having more um intentional conversations with you over you know the past two days you're connected to a lot of people mm. like yeah. every time we bring someone up on instagram you're like oh yeah I talk to that person <laughs> like oh yeah they're my friend like oh here here's this thing because my friend gives me a bunch of them like check it out mm. you know and uh that's that's amazing because you are you are wearing that moniker of of community over competition mm. too because you even like you look at peak design you're like oh i was yeah. inspired by this and it like got you that um that, that idea and the integration and yeah. i'm sure you're having plenty of conversations with other people who are yeah. in your same realm you know even we talked about potentially having a conversation with someone about a next step for your business right, right. feeling some of that anxiety yeah this is just my public encouragement for you to go and have that Appreciate conversation <laughs> um but uh yeah, man, we uh, we just love being able to talk to you. Um, really appreciate your friendship. It was weird meeting you in person for the first time because I was like, on the way here, I'm like, wait, we haven't seen each other in real life? <laughs> I like had it in my head that we had already seen each other in yeah, real life just for sure. with how much we've connected over online. Um, and that's that's ten, that just tends to be how some of these relationships go. Yeah. Um, but just feeling like we already know each other super well. So yeah. um, like, like we said, if you haven't um, checked out any of Todd's stuff with Clever Supply Co., you can check it all out in the description um, to his website and all of the stuff that they have avail available um, to purchase. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you could do us a favor and just hit us with a like. That was a weird way to say that. I'm sorry. Um, uh, and then uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed to the channel. Yeah. And if you happen to be just listening to this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your streaming service of choice, please leave us a review as well. That would be so helpful in pushing the show out to more and more people that would really benefit from hearing conversations like this one that we had with Todd. And uh, look out for our Kickstarter for the rally yeah. strap. Oh, snap. <laughs> 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 awesome. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We will catch you in the next episode of Rally Caps. Peace.